Welcome to our last Tuesday of the month book discussion. Just a couple of librarians talking about books we think others might enjoy. November's read is Ararat by Christopher Golden. I'm Amy and joining me today is Emily, the Youth and Family Services Librarian at North Liberty Library. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on, Amy. I'm excited about talking about Ararat today. Ararat. What are three to five, maybe, words you'd use to describe the book? I don't know. Like, slow burn? Is that one word or two? We'll say it's hyphenated. Okay, so that's one word. Slow burn, dramatic, creepy, and good. I agree with all of those. I was thinking claustrophobic destructive (laughs) (laughs) and for some reason the word pop came into my brain and I think that that has more to do with like pop culture Uh uh-huh because I think that this book has such a wide reach potentially of people who don't normally read like horror genre type because I like like that I never would have thought of that because like you said it's a slow burn it feels like a thriller because that's what I think of when I think of slow burn, I guess, is yeah. kind of more thriller, like the buildup in it of anticipation of yes. what's going to happen next kind of thing. Yeah, it's not like a jump scare. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I think of horror, that's what I often think more of is like either the gore aspect of it or those like moments where you really like jump out of your skin. Yes. But I'm also more of the type who tends to watch horror than read horror, so... <laughs> I do both. Um, And when I was thinking about like this book and where it kind of fit in with all of the other like horror that I read, it was interesting because I don't think it has like necessarily a lot of people compare Christopher Golden to Stephen King. And I think that there are some attributes that are the same, but I think like I wouldn't put them together in the same subgenre of horror. I think that it could be even billed as a thriller and like not even a horror for people that don't like kind of normal horror, like jump scares or gore, I think they would still enjoy this book. Yeah, for sure. So what exactly about this book do you think kept you engaged um, in reading or listening? Yeah, I listened to it. Um, Although I did read Snowblind by Christopher Golden. um, So I think that they're kind of very similar books, but this one, um, I wanted to know, like I was going to read to the last word, the very last page to see what happened with the arc and with the team. The For all of our listeners, I'm using air quotes when I say the archaeologists because they bill it as ARK, A-R-K, archaeologists, um, instead of the traditional spelling of archaeologists, which I thought was very clever. So I wanted to know what happened to the team of archaeologists and what happened with the demon or the supernatural entity that was in the ark and i thought that or in a sarcophagus in the ark there were twists and turns that definitely kept me like it wasn't just like okay i gotta know what happens at the end but it was more like all right well this happened and then what's going to be the next thing that they discover or find out so i really liked that i would agree you talked about the archaeologist and that's probably like the biggest thing i enjoyed about the book is the setting mm-hmm because that's what really captured my attention when I was first like reading reviews and like synopses of books um, and like the history and the 
culture of the region were briefly kind of touched on in the book. And it intrigued me so much that I like went and did research and I was like, okay, are there nonfiction books in the library that I can check out about like the history of the region? Because like, I don't really. In itself. Yes. Yeah. Because I guess there was a ancient civilization that had a lot of religious meaning behind the mountain. Um, And so I got into that um, and was kind of trying to do some research on that. And it was really, just really fascinating. That is really interesting. Yeah. Um, And it was, was (laughs) it's funny because I actually found the thing that propelled me into that research was like a Reddit thread. And I was like, oh gosh. (laughs) The I'm things surprised that with how many Reddit threads there are. I was reading another book and now I can't remember what it was, but I was like trying to Google something about it and a Reddit thread came up and I was like, oh my God, there's this whole Reddit thread about uh, just this one book, which was, it was delightful to go in and read it. Yeah. There's definitely some entertaining stuff there. Um, <laughs> stuff that you wouldn't expect to. Like, yes. It's yes. so specific. Yeah. So jumping back when we were, we kind of talked about how this may not fit into the normal horror genre, but are there typical horror elements that you enjoy when you are reading or watching from that genre? Yeah, I was going to say earlier too, and I think I got sidetracked by a different idea. Like I read and watch, but there are definitely genres that I don't like to watch. Like I don't like the complete gore. I know Saw has some thriller or some crazy plot things to it, but I cannot stand it. Like, I don't like movies like that where it's just like gore for gore's sake. I just don't like it. It's not scary. It's gross. But I'll watch pretty much about anything else. Um, I love movies like The Quiet Place that have like supernatural monsters in it, but you don't see them. And it's really not a lot of violence, but it's like, you know, the edge of my seat the whole time. I loved Lovecraft that just came out on HBO, which has a ton of violence in it and ton of blood. And it's all about like monsters and there's like ghosts and satanic rituals and like all kinds of things. That was fantastic as well. So, but for reading, I'll read just about anything because I think like Stephen King, who is not only my favorite horror author, but one of my favorite authors, he definitely has like gore in his books and really terrible things happen, things that hurt my heart, but I still like it. I would never watch a movie that had some of the stuff in it that his movies or that his books have. Uh, I don't really like to watch Stephen King movies all that often. Some of them I do and then others I just can't take. But I'm trying to think if there's any horror books that I don't like to read. I mean, there's some horror books that are not good that I don't like to read um, because they're not written well and they don't scare me. But that's I don't think there's a specific genre that those fall into that. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. I think my favorite, though, is probably like ghost stories. Like I love Hill House by Shirley Jackson, I think, is the epitome of kind of like what my favorite horror Mm -hmm. genre would be. So have you ever, because I was thinking about this as well, because Hill House wasn't necessarily one of my favorites, but I was a huge fan of the yellow wallpaper. Yes. Okay. That's so funny. Erin and I were just talking about that for a completely, totally different reason the other day, and I had never heard of it. So I went and looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to read this. So that's awesome that you (laughs) read it and liked it. Yes. I think I read it for the first time in college and have read it a couple of times since just rereading it because I liked it so much but it was just like 
very disturbing in my opinion way more disturbing than like hill house like there are really good moments in hill house that are really good once i think i got into it i had a hard time getting into hill house especially the way it's written it's a little hard i found that with the lottery too there's another one by her that's something like in the house where we used to live or something like that that was also really good but it was like plodding through it. Like mm-hmm. uh, I didn't like it till I was done with it. And then I was like, okay, I liked that book. Shoot. I can't remember the name of that. I was going to say, is that the one? There's like two kids. Two, yeah. The two sisters. Yeah. Sisters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I recently read that. I think that was last year. I read that. And yes, I also found that one hard to get into, but it was good towards the end and middle yeah. pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was some good stuff in it. So yeah. I can definitely see how it's hard for some people to get like, with those kind of genres. Mm-hmm. So yellow wallpaper is like a little bit quicker, easier to read. Cause it's obviously not new. If you were no. at college. Yeah. A mere few years ago. Yes, yes, yes. And it was written well before that. So <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I do like that. The types of horror I tend to lean towards like paranormal, like you said, yeah. ghost stories types of stuff. I also was never a big fan of Saw or Home Invasion or uh-huh. like, like those kinds. Yeah. Like it was just a little too real. Like I didn't want to go to bed. And <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I like my stuff to be at least a little more escapist. So I don't right. feel quite so. Yeah. Like it couldn't happen. Like that for sure couldn't happen. Right. Although there are some really great movies that are much more grounded and I think it's just because it's so well done like yeah. us yeah um, oh my gosh yes or I was thinking of have you ever seen the orphan yes um, it's a Gilliam de Turo movie that is like you kind of think that that kind of stuff doesn't happen and just a spoiler for anyone who is going to watch that movie stop listening real quick fast forward but her son is like haunting her she finds out that so he disappeared and she thinks he was taken and murdered and now he's haunting her. But like, he just accidentally fell down the stairs uh, in the basement and was there the whole time. And I just was like, oh my God, you said it's grounded in something that is paranormal, but could actually happen. And it's terrible for this uh, woman, what she went through. Yeah. But it was scary as heck. It was really scary. Yeah. Also along the lines of us, I will still think about those bunnies. And like, what if there's people underground eating bunnies? That movie stays in my psyche. Oh my gosh. And okay, so I'm going to jump off here about us again, because (laughs) the social commentary that comes out of that is just amazing. And that's kind of like, I saw a little bit of that in this book, but it was very shallow. like social commentary but that was something that I enjoyed about it I guess Um, but I thought it was like woven in a way that it was very natural mm -hmm. because they talked about religion and about family structure and so the two main characters the man is Jewish and the woman is Muslim but they are both kind of like non-practicing but they come into this area that is predominantly Muslim and has stricter rules for women and and then to see this not tribe that's not the word I'm looking for kind of like clan who guides that takes them up and in kind of like the the way that the structure of the leader of this these clans are kind of coming to butting heads against not only what they should do about this arc that they found 
but also just about the fact that like a woman is leading it and there's a Jewish person leading it. And, you know, when disagreements come up about what they should do, these things are kind of always in the background for the decisions that people make. It definitely wasn't in the forefront how other things are like in us, or I was trying to think of another example where social commentary is like kind of right there in your face, but I think it was like subtle, Mm -hmm. but impactful at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Specifically, I think I was drawn to like the ending where we see a little bit of that in that. Okay. So big spoiler for anybody. So (laughs) you can press pause, skip ahead 30 seconds, a minute, maybe. Um, Check back in a couple of minutes. (laughs) um, So we see like the destruction of entire relationships, lives, the questioning of belief systems, but also at the very end, Miriam is her name. We find out that she's hiding something and the fact that she is pregnant. But what really was interesting, I think back about the all these secrets that people are keeping and um, how we suppress things that make it difficult for us to be quote unquote, successful in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that was also addressed by the demon or the paranormal entity, as you put it, that was present. I just thought that that one kind of held my attention the most as to, and you see that I think a lot with like the demon type of possession stories. Yeah. Like, is it the demon making you do this or is it because right. you're just not always a great person? Right. And now you have like the excuse. Yeah. It's not necessarily like the demon, but they have taken away those inhibitions that you have that like, you know, you need to act in a certain way and now you don't have those. So you can just basically do whatever you want. (laughs) That is one of the things I like about Stephen King's books is that he tells a good story, but like where he shines is this microcosm look at a domestic situation. So in his case, it's usually like towns. He takes like a town and in kind of the infighting and and things that happen in this town. So you have an event and normally it's supernatural or paranormal. And then you kind of see like what people start to do and how they're starting to treat their neighbors and, or their family members and like people that are normally completely sane and nice are doing these insane things and really terrible things. One thing that I really liked in Era that I thought was really cool was the aspect of the eroding of the trust that people had for anyone that they would come into contact with. Because if something happened or if someone came and was in their space talking to them or anything, they were by the you know mid end of the book for sure, but kind of towards the middle as well, like thinking like, okay, is this person possessed? Or if something happened someone got killed, they would say, oh, well, was it someone that was possessed by the demon or was it just like nature? Cause they're on top of a mountain in a snowstorm, people slip and fall down cliffs, I'm sure all the time. Uh, so that like inability to have confidence in the person that you're talking to, even if it's your fiance or your uncle or your cousin or anything, people were constantly like questioning, is this a real person? Or are they possessed by the demon? Which I thought was really cool to see how people deal with that and interact. And when I say cool, I mean, obviously it wasn't great, but it was a good story. It was was not a happy story, but it was good. It was not a happy story. No, was it? So we were talking about the creepiness factors, I think at one point, and I had this other thought that I want to get back to. When Miriam starts having the visions of her 
daughter. I thought that that was also probably one of the creepiest things yes. that happens in yes. the story. <laughs> yeah, because that was very much like out of left field. You're yeah. like, whoa, what? Yeah. I didn't know where that came from, why that was happening. Yeah. That was a completely unexpected part to the story. I thought they were going to, especially the second or the third to last page, I thought they were just going to get off the mountain and they were going to maybe, I actually maybe thought that there would be like a mass murder suicide situation because they weren't sure who had the demonic possession in them. So I thought maybe they're just going to start killing each other off one by one. And there was going to be this last stand, but then it fades away from that and then comes back. There's a little bit of time between, right? Is it like six months or three months or something? Yeah. And you know, it's her, it's Miriam back in the U.S., back in normal time, then talking about being pregnant with a demon child. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> what? It was definitely like a mouth gaping open moment for me. Yeah. 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 And then Ugh. to hear her talk about, she's totally fine. Mm-hmm. She's like, so uh, again, spoiler, she has cancer, deadly, fatal cancer. She's like, my cancer's gone. I don't have to worry about getting sick because, you know, oh, shoot, I can't remember the demon's name, but the demon is now taking care of me. And then I wonder what it's like to give birth to a baby without horns. And I was like, who is this person? Like, this person is totally different from the person that, like, was through the whole book. So, again, it goes back to the question, is that her or is that the demon or was she always just like this? And we, as readers or as seeing her from the other characters perspectives didn't know this about Mm -hmm. her yeah it was a totally different shift I mean I didn't like her at the beginning because I felt like she was I knew she was definitely hiding something but then at the end I was like oh I really don't like you this (laughs) just makes it worse from being like a like okay she is just power driven she'll do whatever it takes to be successful in her journey, which I thought was to be the first one to discover the arc and to get this book that she's going to do with her fiance, you know, just being very like success driven and don't care who she hurts. You know, she had this great relationship with the head guide, then, you know, kind of just like throwing him under the bus at any time also with her, her partner and her spouse. So yeah, I wasn't like, those weren't great qualities, but I didn't really (laughs) think of her as the mother of right <laughs> like it's her yeah the mother of a neck of a demon like yeah. she's okay with that it's fine no yeah i don't think the like her ambition really made me think any less of her i think it for me it was more she seemed very manipulative at the beginning yes and yeah. so that was my main issue with her but anyway but i think you can have ambition without being oh yeah you should work with people and not against people or not try to like leave these poor people and, you know, worse off than you found them. And I just think that she didn't go about that the right way. I would agree. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And Emily. Fun. Yeah. And folks, if you enjoyed this month's read, or if you're just looking to delve deeper uh, into the horror genre, you may want to check out patient zero by Jonathan Mayberry Wonderland by Zoje Stage or Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant. Um, I, I read Wonderland and it was really, really, really good. 
her first novel was called Baby Teeth, and it was good, but it was really weird, and I liked it okay. But Wonderland was great, very, very great book. And I have Into the Drowning Deep in my queue right now to read, so I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. So there you go. Personal second recommendation Mm -hmm. from Emily. So we'll be taking a break in December from our discussions, but I'll be back in January with a special guest to discuss The Body, A Guide for Occupants by Bill Bryson. (laughs) Hope you'll join us again. Bye.